we're back with the tech policy grind. I'm Rima Musa, and I'm a fellow with the Internet Law and Policy Foundry, the organization where the next generation of tech law and policy professionals convene to write, think, and talk about the web, technology, and disruptive innovation. This is the Tech Policy Grind, the Foundry's podcast where we chat about what's going on in the world of tech policy. Welcome back. This week, we're on a roll with our fellow highlight series as we plug through season four of the show. Can't believe we're approaching the final quarter of the year already. So weird. But what's not so weird is our guest today, David Morar. He's everywhere in tech policy and a great person to know and follow in the space. He's also a current Foundry Fellow and a wonderful human being overall. Our fellow Highlight Series host, Mary Bagdasarian, gets into his background, his experience in internet governance and as an ICANN Fellow, and the art of not self-eliminating. Hope you enjoy. Hi, David, and welcome to Tech Policy Grind. How are you feeling today? Hi, Mary. I'm doing pretty well. So to kick us off, tell us about yourself and how did you find yourself in the tech policy space? David, for everyone's awareness, already has been at so many places, has done so many things, and I just want him to take it away. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Thank you. The way that I came to tech policy was... um, I wanted to do a uh, graduate school in, in the U.S. I'm originally from Romania, and I wanted to come to the U.S. and uh, study um, so that I could then get a job and then pursue the ultimate dream, which uh, hilariously has nothing to do with tech policy and it's comedy. Um, so I did my master's, and it was in international affairs. And back then, I was very interested in something called um, – soft power, you know, uh, looking at science diplomacy from then on kind of had a bit of a, uh, of an interesting, um, trajectory going through a couple of different uh, academic, uh, PhD programs during both my, my PhD and afterwards I've done kind of a little bit of everything almost in the, in the tech policy space, partly because I wanted to experience and learn and figure out new new things in new places, but also because um, as a foreigner in the United States, um, you are constrained by visa uh, issues. It took a while to get to where I am now. I am a senior policy analyst at the New America's Open Technology Institute um, and a, an affiliate with uh, a couple of universities in the U.S. and uh, globally. Uh, so you worked on a lot of issues that are more global, but you also are based in mm-hmm. DC and uh, you work on also like US focused issue areas. I would love for you to maybe reflect a, a little bit on like the differences or similarities that you see between like the policy making tech policy areas in US versus globally and which one do you think makes more sense to you personally? I would say there's there's a lot of differences. The most uh, obvious one is is free speech. Um, the the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution very much uh, colors a lot of the discussions in uh, the U.S. Uh, policy circles. At the same time, 
the you know that the the conversation about allowing freedom of speech still t- also takes place in Europe, but it does so under completely different perspectives and within completely different um, you know boundaries. I would say than than in the U.S. Because I studied in the United States and because a lot of my work has been kind of U.S. centric, it changed a little bit of my trajectory. So my work on uh, during my, my PhD focused, like I said, on internet governance, internet policy, but it looked at it from a perspective of private governance and sort of, you know, focusing on uh, institutions at an international level that are inherently multi-stakeholder. And that is something that isn't necessarily a or at least wasn't, you know, when I was starting my PhD about a bit more than 10 years ago, um, wasn't necessarily a, a focus in the EU. What, what it meant for my research was, oh, I am interested in this uh, unique, different perspective because that is a way to go past the limitations of, of a First Amendment, right? Or um, is a way to push a lot of the governance for good or bad um, outside of government and into the hands of other stakeholder groups. That's that. That's the biggest difference I would see. Then we're also kind of looking at differences in terms of process and in terms of politics, right? And, um, you know, the, the, the EU for all of its... Um, let's say, uh, quirks, <laughs> uh, in terms of bureaucracy and in terms of the very large apparatus of, of institutions in the EU. Um, it also is a lot more, um, productive than, uh, the United States at the federal level in terms of legislation. I always find the comparative perspective so fascinating. There is a lot to gain from seeing that there is another perspective which is not inherently wrong or bad. It's just different. And then you can just understand maybe that will help you make your um, measures or policies um, just stronger and better. I just hope we get more of this perspective. I think you already mentioned that you worked on so many you know, like a variety of tech policy issues. Um, but I would love to know which ones you are working on right now and which ones maybe you consider to be closer to your heart that you stopped on them at this point, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, no, thank you. I mean, um, I will say um, I've, I've seen the, the, the shift, just kind of coming back a little bit to your response to my response, um, the previous one. I will say I have seen a shift, and and that shift has been that, you know, at least in the EU, there have been more, there has been more openness to these uh, technology, to these, um, uh, sorry, uh, private governance perspectives that are weaved into a co-regulatory mechanism in legislation. So, so I definitely see that as a as a huge positive. To answer your question on the the topics themselves that I, I focus on right now, um, I would say primarily my job is to focus on um, issues of privacy at the federal level in the United States. Um, 
at the same time, kind of like keeping an eye out on what's happening around the world, obviously, you know, specifically in, in the EU, but also in other jurisdictions as, you know, the time is available. Um, but I'm also interested in and are doing, and I'm doing work in um, issues of, of platform accountability and, uh, you know, algorithmic governance um, issues, which kind of spill in a little bit more to uh, the, the the topic du jour, which is uh, AI. Um, everybody's talking about AI governance. Everybody's talking about, um, you know, how to rein things in, how to pause things, how to think about, uh, you know, catastrophic uh, harms, which is, which, uh, you know, the, the latter two are not necessarily my positions, but that's what the the, the discourse is on, so you have to uh, engage. Um, and from my perspective, I think those two, those two pieces of uh, privacy and platform and uh, uh, algorithmic accountability feed in directly into the AI conversation. So, you know, being able to tackle those two things first um, then allows you to get a better sense of uh, real and useful policies for, um, for the, um, for, you know, finding a better way to regulate and govern, uh, artificial intelligence, however we define artificial intelligence. Um, so those are my, those are my areas that I'm working on right now. I'm also, um, obviously interested in because of my, uh, research and because of my involvement with uh, one particular organization um, in internet governance. Um, and for those that don't know that the, the folks that use the phrase internet governance, what they mean is, um, I mean, obviously there's a lot of folks that mean different things, but the folks that are in my area use internet, internet governance to mean the, the processes and institutions of governance that deal with the uh, international, global uh, implications of the internet. The the most obvious example of that are uh, institutions like ICANN, the Internet Corporation for Assigned Names and Numbers, IGF, the Internet Governance Forum, IETF, the Internet Engineering Task Force. Um, most of these tackle issues at the infrastructure layer, um, and, you know, that's kind of a, a, an area that is a little bit more, um, prone, let's say to having, um, to having global cooperation than something at the, um, um, at the software level or at the, sorry, at the application level, um, or even more specifically on content. So um, that's a, 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 an area a bit to the side, not fully related to or not fully in my purview for work, but definitely something that I'm interested in and something that I've uh, been involved in for, uh, for a good amount of time now. Yeah, I mean, so many things to, to think about these days, but AI definitely is the buzzword everywhere. But as you mentioned, I can, and that was also something I wanted you to talk about. I think um, there is this, maybe maybe not so much anymore, but in general, I feel like there is the fear of 
you know, people from humanities sector to go anywhere that is more technical. But I think we bring something different to the table. And I know that you've been involved with ICANN for a while. So I guess I would love um, you to maybe reflect how did you find that experience and the journey? And if you have any, um, like, tips for people that would love to learn more or just be more engaged, but just are a bit, like, too self-conscious <laughs> about it. For sure. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, yes, I mean, I would say that the internet governance institutions, the international internet governance institutions um, are, are unique because it's not, it's, it's not the same way as, you know, the way that most people think about international politics or governance, which is you have all of these countries coming together, making decisions, right, in a multilateral perspective, um, in a multilateral scheme or um, mechanism. These organizations, these institutions um, in the internet governance space are run through, I would say, different flavors of uh, the same thing, which is multi-stakeholderism, which means that if you are interested, if you have the availability and if you have the, um, and if you're able to make both the time commitment and the commitment to um, kind of learning and thinking through a lot of these problems, you end up, well, you have the opportunity to end up making decisions or, you know, being in the room, having a voice on decisions that are crucial for um, the infrastructure uh, of the internet. And that can sound like a big word and it can sound like something that is, um, you know, hard to comprehend, but the easiest way to, to, to frame it basically is from the name. So the, ICANN has two ends. It's the Internet Corporation for Assigned Names and Numbers. So those two ends, I think, are the easiest way to explain to somebody that that is the domain name system, which is uh, the DNS, which is the the names and the numbers. And the names are the top level domains. So everything that's uh, that's under that's uh, to the right of the of the dot, right? So if it's like, um, you know. Uh, dot com or dot uh, ca um, or you know dot info or if you if we're looking at the the newest ones like dot um, ninja right all of these are top level domains and they're not in any way kind of a a, a wild west there are folks that make uh, policies and decisions downstream from the uh, or rather upstream from the user, but there's a lot of policy decisions that are made. Um, and it's, again, it can sound very abstract and very complicated, but if you're, um, if you're in any way interested, um, ICANN has a lot of explainers on its website. It has a lot of opportunities for folks to engage virtually. And there's also an opportunity, which is how I got involved with ICANN, for something called the, the, the ICANN Fellowship, which means that, you know, you apply through this. Um, now it's a bit more uh, intense or rather intensive process. Um, but you apply and if you get selected, you know, ICANN will 
um, will send you to wherever in the world that meeting is happening. And usually the ICANN meetings happen around the world. Um, they, they will send you, they'll, they'll, you know, they fly you out, they'll put you in a hotel, they'll give you a little bit of, uh, money to, you know, to make sure that you, you don't starve. Um, and then they give you opportunities to understand what ICANN is, what it does, um, how you can get further involved. Um, the fellowship is the best way if you're even loosely interested in, in, in this area to, to, to join. Right. Um, and there's, because it's a true multi-stakeholder structure, um, you know, and this is not a, uh, um, a value judgment true in the sense of it has, uh, input from, uh, multiple stakeholders, stakeholder groups. Um, you can join the uh, business constituency or the non-commercial um, uh, user constituency or the IP constituency, or you can join something called the, uh, the you know, the um, at-large uh, groups, right? The uh, um, regional at-large organizations. So there's, there's many ways you can get involved. There's many ways you can uh, participate past the the uh the original fellowship and you can come back to i can uh as a fellow three times uh throughout your your time and different and you know once you're in it you're you then are kind of dropped into the whole ecosystem of internet governance um and i would say that while i can is the most uh intense because it has so many different pieces it's also the most uh, approachable and the easier to kind of then translate your um, your interest into other different uh, internet governance uh, institutions. I don't know if that uh, has actually made people interested in in the space, but um, I, I have to say it's 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 a really great uh, area to be involved in, especially if you're part of civil society. We're always looking for uh, new folks to get involved, new folks to to express positions, and it's not a uh, it's not a it's not necessarily a U.S. centric uh, position that is kind of um, there or needed. There's a lot of folks from around the world. There's a lot of folks from Africa. There's a lot of folks from uh, you know around Asia. Um, there's good contingents of folks from um, Latin America. Um, Europe as well, and some from, um, you know, some folks from um, uh, the United States as well, but it's a, it's a truly global experience. Yeah, I would just add that uh, this is also a place to find community, I think. Yeah. And, and in addition to the fellowship program, there's also, if you are a student, you can apply to the Next Gen at ICANN program, which is also like an immersion um, yeah, initiative, um, and I have been part of that, and it was really interesting to, you know, learn more about ICANN and just understand all the mm -hmm. acronyms and just to meet more people. Uh, yeah, there's always four, five, six letter words um, that you always have to remember what what the thing is. Yeah, so yeah, and then um, full disclosure, everybody struggles with that, so that is also not something to to feel bad about um but yeah i mean you have been 
um, in different roles and mm-hmm. you've been like part of different stakeholder groups. Uh, and you also, I think, have a very interesting career path in terms of that, like, this is a very subjective personal opinion, but I feel like most of the people in this space are either lawyers or people with technical background, <laughs> like, like majority. Um, oh, and yeah. you uh, have a political science background, and then you were in academia and civil society and worked globally, and you know the EU side, and then you are trying to keep up with the rest of the world and then focus on US. Uh, so I guess... Yes. I'll ask you my favorite question, which is what were uh, the best and worst pieces of advice that you were given when you were trying to figure out your way into this space or just like the next step in your journey in a tech policy space? Yeah, no, thank you. I mean, that's a, um, that's a, uh, that's a, that's a big question. I would say, um, some of the best pieces of advice have just been to, um, to obviously to not, not give up when it feels overwhelming, but also to ask for help to, to, to reach out to folks that, um, are, you know, have done things, have done these things for a while, or if they haven't have at least a, a similar, uh, perspective or outlook to yours. Um, and, you know, in Tech policy broadly, I think, is a um, is a bipartisan or nonpartisan, however you want to call it. It's a it's it, it's a friendly environment, um, and is a, a space where um, it's not difficult to form a community if one is not already there for you, um, and is also not difficult to um, kind of be able to engage and be part of discussions, even from a, an, an earlier kind of uh, time in your career. So that, you know, don't, don't give up, but at the same time, ask for help if, if needed. Uh, definitely, you know, don't, don't struggle by yourself um, was a great piece of advice. Um, another one has been to, um, you know, to never feel like, things are outside of my uh, not not abilities but outside of my um, outside of what I would see for myself you know so don't don't self um, eliminate uh, don't, don't yeah don't self eliminate from positions from conversations from topics. Uh, because you feel like you might not have the right uh, experience or expertise or perspective, um, don't do that. Obviously, don't be a, a jerk and insert yourself into everything and and get you know uh, annoy everybody. But if your tendency is to say, "Well, I'm not, I'm not there yet," or "This isn't for me," or whatever, if that's your tendency, then um, I would say. Uh, what I was told is, and I, and I would pass it on to others is to, is to not worry about it is to, you know, obviously be kind and be uh, a good, good person. And again, not be a jerk about it, but um, you'll be amazed how open people are, how uh, much you already know. And if you don't know, even just having the experience of, going out for an interview or, you know, being part of a conversation where you're not, maybe you're not 
giving that much, you know, you're not like providing that much uh, input, but you're listening and you're making uh, connections. Um, it's important and it's, and it's very useful. And that I think was, was a great uh, piece of advice in terms of bad advice. I don't think I've, I don't think I've gotten bad advice. Um, or if I've, or if I have, I probably blocked it out, um, and just kind of gone with the flow. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think, I don't think, um, yeah, no, I, I don't think I've gotten bad advice. I think I've been very fortunate, uh, to have a lot of great mentors throughout the years. I've been fortunate to kind of end up with um, good friends that have, you know, steered me right. Um, and and also good colleagues to uh, to learn from, you know. So yeah, I don't think I don't think I've gotten bad advice in in this space. Um, I think maybe, you know, one or two people maliciously at one point were like, I, ah, you know, you should quit. Um, but I didn't, it didn't take that to heart. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's great. I mean, not the, the part that they were like, you should quit, but the fact that you didn't yeah. take it too hard. Um, and thanks for sharing that. Um, yeah, yeah, I think to supplement this, um, previous question, I will also ask you to share if there are like specific I don't know, blogs or publications that you follow or like a podcast or anything that you think will be helpful for people to just keep track of everything that happens in this space, like all the time. Yeah, <laughs> but, there's a lot happening. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I tend to, um, I, I remember because I, I, I was once doing a, a job interview for a, for an internship or a fellowship. I don't remember. And and I got a similar question to this and um, completely seriously without missing a beat, I went, well, you know, I have a very well curated Twitter feed. Um, and that's obviously not an answer um, in a, in a, in an interview for a job where they're trying to figure out like who you read, what your interests are, what your uh, headspace is. Um, and unfortunately, you know, Twitter has, uh, uh, declined since that has happened since that, since I said that, uh, almost, m almost six years ago. Um, but you know, th there's a lot of great outlets that, that publish regardless of whether you agree with them or not, that publish good, um, really good stuff. Um, I would say a few of them are, uh, tech policy press, um, another, another great, uh, outlet is, uh, tech dirt. Um, there's always great, um, analysis from the folks at the, uh, Brookings, um, tech, uh, I can't believe I'm blanking. Uh, there's tech in all the names. So I, I always have to, um, I think it's called, uh, tech tank, um, that is, uh, yeah, Tech Tank um, at, at Brookings. Um, you know, uh, obviously a great, a great uh, space to get a lot of information more on very specific areas. But um, Lawfare, also uh, connected to to Brookings, is a is a great um, space to to learn. And while I was joking about it, I, I do think that there are folks that are very good at uh, disseminating information on social media, whether it's 
whether, whether it was Twitter before or it's, uh, you know, Blue Sky or, or a Mastodon server now, um, you know, and that, that I think is more of a personal preference um, of who you want to follow. There's great, um, there's great folks on, you know, the right, the left, on, you know, EU stuff, US stuff, uh, stuff in Brazil and in Australia and Africa that you can kind of just slowly build up uh, a great, uh, you know, a curate, a great curated uh, social media feed. Um, I, I will also have to say as a, as a, as a slight disclosure, I, I, I have published with uh, all of the um, outlets that I just said are great, but that has not clouded my judgment. It's not, they're not great because they published my work They They were great before. And I was very fortunate that they, uh, they published my work. So um, you know, don't, don't come at me in the comments for that. Um, but, um, yeah, the, those I would say are really great, uh, places and, you know, obviously I'm, I'm missing a bunch that aren't always top of mind or specifically aren't top of mind right now. Um, but you know, places like Slate's future tense, which again, slight disclosure, I work for new America. Future tense is a project of, is a, is a co-produced, um, project with uh, New America and ASU and Slate, but um, there's there's a lot of great uh, work being done in the space that you can catch up on. Morning um, morning newsletters are great. Uh, Politico uh, Pro Tech has a great morning newsletter. Morning Tech, um, there's you know great stuff coming out of of Axios with their Axios Pro. Uh, tech policy vertical. There's so many places where you can get your information. Um, and I think it's just up to finding a good rhythm for yourself, a good, you know, a good set of folks that you trust, because um, that's also important. And uh, maybe even a good set of folks that you, you know, just generally align with. So, yeah, I mean, I can totally relate to the Twitter comment because I think that would be my first instinct when I get this question too. And yeah, it's a bit sad, but yeah, have having before, I mean, in the past, having a good, mm -hmm. like well curated Twitter timeline definitely was <laughs> something yeah. that you need to work on, but then it works for you. Um, but thanks a lot for sharing this. Um, sure. uh, we will make sure to include them in the show notes for people to check them out. And, uh, I mean, this was great. Um, thanks so much for taking the time to just chat and share your perspective. Like you see things on more, you know, local level and then global level and then how things like the dynamics and, and, you know, the differences and then how to get more involved. I think there is a lot to like take from, from your answers, but to close us off, I think I would just Love to know what is next for you and what you look forward to right now in your career. Sure. Thank you. I mean, first of all, thank you very much for having me. Um, I'm, you know, uh, honored to be one of the fellows that you're spotlighting. Really appreciate it. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for uh, the work that we're doing at, at New America at OTI. Um I think there's there's going to be a lot of good stuff coming out um, in the next coming months 
on all the stuff that I've mentioned and, you know, some work that my colleagues are doing that is outside of my, my sphere that I'm very excited for. Um, and I think for me, it's the uh, next steps are um, continuing to do, to hopefully continuing to do good work, um, you know, continuing to have a, uh, a, a foot in the, in the academic space to do research that is at that uh, level of, uh, you know, prof- professionalism, let's say, but also a bit detached from the day-to-day of, of tech policy, because I think that's also important to, to have and to do. Um, and, you know, looking forward to uh, whatever fun things are going to happen. And I'm putting fun in, in air quotes uh, whatever fun things are going to happen in the U.S. and the EU in terms of legislation and other uh, tech policy shenanigans that I feel like are definitely coming this year until until December. So, you know, who knows? There is never a dull moment in this space. Um, Absolutely not. Not even not even in not even in a in in August when most folks are out. There's there's always stuff happening. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. It's intense, but also quite exciting. And I am also very excited for all the plans that you have. And thanks again for taking the time to chat with me and looking forward to seeing, you know, all all the things that you have in the pipeline realized and hope to have like another chat down the line and then we'll reflect on what happened in the meantime. Sure. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Tech Policy Grind. If you enjoyed the show, get in touch with us at Foundry Podcasts with an S at ilpfoundry.us or leave us a review wherever you're tuning in. I'm Rima Musa, the host of the show. And this podcast wouldn't be possible without the help of our team at the Internet Law and Policy Foundry. Thank you to Evan Enzer for editing this episode, Lama Mohammed, our social coordinator, Alison McReynolds, our accessibility coordinator, and Tim Lorden at the Internet Education Foundation. See you next time.